Well, church family, I'm excited to share with you all this morning to be able to connect. Um, so if you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start in verse 12. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians, and he's talking about the church at large, and he gives us some insight into it. Verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, I, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Love this part. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Go to verse 27. Now you, church, you are the body of Christ, and each of you are individually members of it. Go ahead and turn a few books over to the right to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. We've gone to Philippians or Colossians. It's behind it. Ephesians 4, and we're going to start in verse 11. It says this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. To, mature, uh, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen and amen. Hey guys, this is uh, some just like very dear passages to my own heart for a variety of reasons. Um, but specifically, I want to just point out a, a few um, things that we can glean from this passage. The first is in 1 Corinthians 12, when Paul's talking about the importance of the body. My first thought that comes to mind is unity is of utmost importance to God and to the church. Unity, right? We see in verse 13, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, right? And at this time, right, Paul even rebukes Peter, who showed favoritism and acted a different way to uh, the Greeks, the Gentiles, and showed favoritism to the Jews, and Paul's like, no, we are one body. Yes, back in the day, that's, uh, salvation was for the Jews. But in Christ and putting faith in Christ, we are all baptized into this one spirit. And unity is of utmost importance. We're all in this together. The other thing that I glean from it is this. Unity is not uniformity. Unity is not uniformity. I love that as we uh, read about this, and he gives the, uh, the example of the foot, the hand, the, the ear, the nose, right? They all have different 
parts, right? Different giftings, different skill sets, different personalities or background experiences of God making them who they are. And it's not just our gifts and like, hey, this is our part of the body. This is what we want to do, God. No, he chose the people. He chose the function of that. And it breaks my heart, right? And I've talked with you guys many of times when uh, there's people out there that say, hey, I don't know where my place is in, in church. I don't have any giftings. I can't speak like Pastor Brad, or I'm not uh, that great of a servant, or I don't have that passion like Eric. I, I don't love the way that he does. And for me, I'm like, well, we got to figure it out because you are a part of the body of Christ. And without you, we all are lacking. We all suffer. I didn't even go into that part. But God even says in his word that those that think that they have less value, God gives greater value. God gives greater value. And so I want to just reinforce that you guys are all a part of the body of Christ. And God has made you specifically to edify and build up the body. And then Ephesians, of when I read this, and I've shared this from the, the pulpit before, guys. Notice the people that God chose. He said he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, Five distinct categories, five distinct people with all different gifts, with all great strengths and great weaknesses. But they were all created to what? Um, To equip and empower the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body. And so even in God's word and God's church, he gives these specific callings to these people, these, these giftings. But it's to then go and build up the church to strengthen the body that may be weak and and get them stronger so that they, too, then can go out and bring people to Jesus to help grow the body, to carry each other's burdens. It wasn't that he gave these five distinct characteristics and it's like, you guys do all the work. No, and trust to reliable men. Build into other people and then we all do the work together. Right? I love that. And then the last thing of just uh, the importance of we need you guys to respond. We need the body uh, to work together. And so I'm very thankful for this passage. I don't know if you know this. Many of you guys do know this about me. But church, I'm a builder. I'm a starter. I'm a pioneer, pun intended. Simon Cannon Pioneers. There's a reason why we we started campus in Independence and then Hebron. Guys, that's my heart. I love it. I love to be able to dream, to pray, to cast a vision, uh, to help a people, a body, see something and be a part of something greater. It gives me such joy in life. Some of you guys, I don't think really anybody knows this. A few of you might know this. But before I got hired at Grace Fellowship Church, you can go ahead and show it, Caleb. Before I got hired, my office was Bigby uh, in Florence, right by the Grace campus. And I was in this interview process. And I, obviously, I just told you guys I was a visionary. And so I was praying of like, Lord, what are you doing in my life? What do you have for the next chapter? And part of it was starting this campus for Grace Fellowship Church. And I remember drawing this out and just my time with the Lord. And it was just beautiful. And I'm so thankful for this. But I wanted to share this with you all. 
All right? And so path to church. Notice the date. That was before I was hired. So on the top right, the goal. That's the Independence Campus. That's this church. All right? And then I'm on the bottom left. And so it started on this mountaintop praying to God. All right? And I was trying to think of what are we going to be about? Um, In my own heart, I've, I've had this kind of epiphany that healthy ministry comes from healthy people. And so with that, I thought of a tree. And not just any tree, a tree whose roots are down deep in the soil of God's uh, love. All right? And that's where Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 is Paul's prayer to the Ephesians. I don't know if you guys know that, but literally right here under this stage is Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 written out. Because I want nothing more than you guys to know the, the magnificent love of Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep it is. May you experience the love of Christ that is so great you will never fully understand it. And he who works in us, his spirit in, inside of us, he is immeasurably uh, able to do more than we would ever dare to ask or think. May he be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. I had, uh, so this kind of, you know, vision of that. And then for there, you notice on that mountain that there's some other people with me. And that was the core team. And so I was praying, I was seeking of who can join forces with me because I don't want this to just be about me. I want to, you know, lead a people group and God leads through people. And so I even asked the core team to memorize Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And then you see the steps. The first thing was determine location. See their independence or Hebron. I was secretly voting for independence. Um, from there, once we, uh, you know, was able to say it's independence, I was looking for real estate. I was looking for a building. That was a lot of my job. Uh, and I loved that. From there, it was meet with leaders in the community. The leaders in the community, guys, are the pastors. It's the mayor. It's the city manager. I don't know if you guys know, but you... I, Brother Bill is a good friend of mine. He's at Hickory Grove. And I remember meeting with him. I was like, Brother Bill, do you guys get together? When's the last time? He's like, it hasn't been for years. Eric, you would think a community like Independence, we would all be meeting regularly. We don't. It's a desire of mine. I think God has placed you here so that you would round up the leaders in the community. And that's what we did. And so I started meeting with the pastors because I wanted them to know without a doubt that we're not here to sheep steal. We're here to go after the lost. There's 28,000 people. We got plenty of people to go after. And so we did that. The next thing was community groups. That's big on my heart. I think the most contagious thing is when we get a, a, a small group of people that love Jesus, love each other like Christ would, and then they invite others in. There's something different that people want to be a part of. And so I was heavy on community groups. The next was marketing. I was thinking of like doing a billboard on 17 or that's a shopping cart. Don't know if you guys can see that. We're right by Kroger's. I see all the state farm things whenever I'm doing shopping. I was like, what if we had a Grace Fellowship thing? And then I realized, guys, the marketing is the people of God. It's you all. And so that's why I gave you guys all shirts. I said hearts wide open. And then from there, I made it a point to meet with each and every one of you. Um, here that lived in this community is Independence, Taylor Mill, Alexandria, Walton, because I wanted you guys to hear my vision. I wanted you to see this. I wanted uh, to bring you into something so much greater than yourselves, call you to the grander vision. 
But I also wanted to hear your concerns and hear your fears. And so that was so dear to me of meeting with you all and you guys buying into this campus. And then the next thing was community outreach. You all know me that I'm not about creating a holy huddle. I want us to be outward focused. We're not going to neglect the flock. We're going to love the flock. We're going to love each other. But with anything healthy, it grows. And so we have to be looking outward. And then it was the staff and creating some serve team leaders. And then we launched And it was unbelievable launch. The only thing that I'm forgetting here, guys, if you can look, maybe you guys can figure out. Uh, I didn't realize that the pandemic was going to (laughs) happen. Two months after the pandemic happened, and it's been challenging. But guys, I hope you know that God has sustained us. His steadfast love has shown and manifested himself over and over again. And man, we have an awesome thing going here. Real quick, I'll say this. We are Grace Fellowship and Independence. We are a beacon of hope. We are a light in the darkness. City council members, right? When this was a Christmas tree shop, they come to me and they say, we're so thankful that you are here, Eric. Thank you. And I want to say thank you, guys. Guys, in December, uh, two months ago, uh, the elders asked me to come and, and share just information about multi-sites uh, to give um, the pros and cons, right? To give an honest assessment. And, and I shared. I shared the good. I shared the bad. I shared the ugly. Um, but I also shared about the Independence Campus and where we're at and how we have 17 community groups, uh, leaders in that are leading and, and loving our people. I shared how we had 115 children in our Grace Kids, and now it's 140, uh, which is crazy uh, in that short of a time. I shared of the strength of the people, the generals, the, the, the people that God has entrusted um, here with me that are literally the reason why this campus is so strong. And then uh, I, just, I just shared that it was healthy, and after I was done sharing, our senior pastor, Brad Bigney, uh, he looks at me. He says, Eric, uh, I noticed that in your communication, you said this word uh, a couple times, like six or seven times. And I'm literally like, oh, my gosh. I said this out loud. What did I say? <laughs> and he goes, he said, he goes, you use the word done or you accomplish what you said you were going to do. He kept on saying it over and over. And he's like, I want to let you know, like, we are extremely pleased of what we've seen at the Independence Campus. We're extremely pleased what God is doing, all this work. It's unbelievable. We couldn't be happier. But in you using that word, I have to ask, Eric, what's the next step? (laughs) Everyone was silent, just like this. You could hear a pin drop. My heart was thumping. Brad just called me out. Uh, And so I graciously responded. I said, Brad... Elders, this is a time where you guys should start looking for your replacement, for my replacement. And it was a surprise to them, but it wasn't a shock. And to many of you that know me and know my heart and have been with me in the beginning, it's a surprise to you, but it's not a shock. If there's people here and you're new to our campus and this is a shock, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, Let me give you some more details and the narrative um, to help you understand a little better. The first thing that I would say, it's important for you to know that this was the plan from day one. 
right? And even in my interview process, and it was a very extensive interview process, I met with the elders, and I was very upfront. I don't have a desire to be a pastor for 20 years. I don't have that desire. I love being a pastor. I love, I see the value in it. But guys, I'm a starter. I'm a builder. They asked me, of like, well, how long do you think it will take? And the safe answer, I communicate with them, five to seven years. And so it's, it's around four years now. But that was never the intention. It was for me, and as I was talking to Grace, I realized Grace, and this is back in the day, I observed that Grace always hired someone very similar. They hired kind of like an engineer mindset filled with the Holy Spirit, but just this personality where it's like, we don't want things to like break, right? They never hired someone like me where I'm like, let's break it and see if it's, you know, even stood. And so for me, I was like, guys, I, I can start things. I can lead our people, but I'm going to hand it off. I saw how we did Newport, all right? And I'm not knocking Newport or anything like that. But for me, I'm like, there's a better way to do this. Let me show you a different way. And then you guys will just have more experience. And then you'll be able to see what's, what's good. But I wanted to use my skill sets of the church I love to edify and to grow the body. I really mean that. Yeah, oh, you're welcome. Oh, gosh, Jake Barnett. Uh, the second thing you guys need to know is I love my job. I sincerely love my job. I have a great job. I love being your pastor. I love it. Krista and I are going to look back, and this is going to be one of the fondest memories of our life is, is helping start this Independence Campus. But here's also who I am. I'm a builder. I'm a starter. And it drives my wife crazy. <laughs> my wife is complete opposite personality, where she's a nurturer. She could be in the same place, do the same thing for 40 years. She wanted me to be a pastor for 40 years, and it's a great job. It's a great gig. But guys, I would go crazy. Not because of you all. Maybe a little. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But I would go crazy. Um, because I, that's how just God built me. And I don't want to look back at the end of my life and have regrets. I always want to be free for the Lord's moving and what he's doing in my life and to be able to respond and respond with grace, live by faith. The third thing you need to know is I believe very strongly how you finish is more important than how you start. How you finish is more important than how you start. It is my highest priority to make sure the baton is passed and to pass uh, with great excellence. Guys, I was thinking about this even as I was coming in to church, driving here. Uh, Oftentimes, um, usually you have a switch in leadership when something's bad. When, you know, uh, numbers aren't where they're at or strength of ministries aren't there or there's a, a personal sin. Um, you know, there's this termination. There's this fire, uh, fire, firing. But guys, for me and what I've seen in my sports background, guys, the transition is best when it's healthy. When you're going at full speed, right? Think of a relay team. You don't want someone to be, you know, be hurt and then that person has to run backwards and pick up the slack. No, it's when you're in full stride and you make that clean transfer. And then that person who's gifted differently, differently than you can take it and to take it to the finish line, right? That's where we are. And I want you to hear that. I'm appalled at 
How many churches have such a horrible transition, succession plan? I didn't grow up in church, but I have a lot of friends that are pastors, and I hear often, right? I know some of you guys came from the other churches of it was just ugly. There was sin. It was bad. And you left. Guys, it's not this. It's not this. I would actually say in this process, this has been the healthiest process that I've been a part of, of the collaboration with the elders and with myself. I wouldn't do anything different than what we've done so far. And I'll give you an update with what we've done so far. It's been healthy, but also it's been new to our, our church, right? We never had a CP that has transitioned. And so there's this give and take. Here's an example, and I'm always going to be honest with you guys. Here's an example. They're like, hey, Eric, you know, uh, we're going to, you know, kind of do this search nationwide. All right, we'll tell you more information about that. But before that, we want you to communicate to your, your body. And they're like, this is the day, and we want you to do an announcement. And I said, what? You want me to do an announcement? Yeah, just do an announcement, and then we'll stream the service. I was like, guys, guys, you have to understand. This is a bomb that we just threw. Like, these are my people. I'm their shepherd. I love them. I want to process with them. I can't do that in a little bit of a, like, five-minute announcement. Like, I need the whole service. I struggle to just communicate A to B. A to B. I need, like, to go all these different directions so that they hear my heart and that they understand with where we're coming from. And they're like, you know what? That made sense. You got the whole service. And I'm like, on top of that, we have our lead pastor, Brad Bigney, here. Like, I'm their pastor, I'm their shepherd, but he's the lead shepherd of our whole church. Like, let's not neglect him and, and let's have him have a voice, right? So it was this aspect of like, yeah, that makes sense. So there is this give and take, um, and it has been healthy. And so with having the whole service, all right, I want to invite our lead pastor, Brad Bigney, to come up, and we're just going to share a few pastoral uh, words of encouragement from God's word. So let's give it up for Pastor Brad Bigney. Hey, Brad, thanks. <laughs> He's a tough act to follow. Am I on? No. Am I on now? There you go. Okay. Yeah, uh, he, he framed it very well. We were surprised, but not shocked. Because uh, he made it oh so clear. You know, I will not be your guy forever. <laughs> I will not be here long t- term. And, uh, but he kept using a word that I love. It's one of my favorite theological words. Think of how often I say, Christianity could be, be spelled D-O-N-E. Done. Because it's all about what Christ has done, where religion is do, what you got to do. Well, he kept using the done word. <laughs> and I make a note of that. He kept saying, that, you know, it's what Christ has accomplished on the cross. He said, I just feel like I've done what God... And so that you'll know, there wasn't a problem. We, as elders, we try to often bring in a staff member and just say, we want a chance to hear your heart. How can we be praying for you? How, how are things going? That's what we were doing with Eric. But Jesus said in Matthew 15, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth... Speaks. Which, by the way, I have that problem, <laughs> both good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were actually grateful. He looked a little surprised. He really did. He's not, he's not uh, mis- miscommunicating that. When I, I didn't mean to put him on the spot, but as a leader, I've learned I would rather know sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. especially when you have someone who's serving so well. 
I'm like, oh, dude, if you think you're done, please let us know because you're going to be a hard one to replace, right? We're not going to just in two weekends find another Eric Northrup. So what are you saying? You, you kept using this word. What are you actually saying? And he really did look puzzled and uh, like he wished that he could take back words. But it's been a really, really sweet thing. And uh, so that you would know my heart, after 26 years here, this is an example of what God has consistently done for us. Like, the, like he keeps saying, those of you that know me well should not be shocked. He's a starter. He's a builder. He's going to keep doing new things. Those of you that know me well know that I love to pray. And I believe God answers prayer. And here's what I want you to know. In the 26 years, I've prayed, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, meet the budget. And I'm thrilled how God does that. I've prayed for new sites as we were meeting in schools when principals were booting us out. I've prayed for a keyboard player when all we had was me on the guitar and a guy with a conga drum stuck between his legs with his shirt unbuttoned to his belly button. That I kept having to say, button your shirt up, can't do that. Some of you know, I won't name the name. (laughs) But we were grateful, but I need your shirt buttoned up. And God, I mean, my prayer journals... This started off as one black prayer journal. It's seven notebooks now. Because hmm. I don't like tearing out the old pages. That's a record of God's faithfulness. This is a record of God's faithfulness. Hmm. But I have a current, modern record of just all these answers to prayer. And uh, you might not know, but Brad Spence was that keyboard player. I was praying, oh, God, bring... A keyboard covers a multitude of sins. If you're, <laughs> if you're musical, you know that. <laughs> And he came here as a Com Air pilot, started attending our church, started attending my small groups. Of course, you know, we were so small, any guest was like, ah, guest. And I said, hey, you want to see the church office, which was the bedroom downstairs? He said, sure. So we went downstairs, and when we walked in my office, and I had just walls of books and bookshelves, he just turned and said, oh, I have that book. And it was a music theory book. I was a worship pastor for 10 years before I came here to plant this church. I said, why do you have that book? He said, I'm actually a music major, Hmm. not a pilot, from Messiah College. I said, what instrument do you play? He said, keyboard. I said, you're an answer to prayer. (laughs) I didn't ask him if he wants to play. I said, you're an answer. You pray, and then you are very bold also. (laughs) But as it turns out, he looked at me and he said, my parents who live in Virginia said, if you join a church that needs a keyboard player, they'll buy the first keyboard. Hmm. So his mom and dad bought the first Roland whatever, blah, 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 keyboard. And Brad Spence began playing and flying. And now today, Brad Spence is our full-time worship guy that's helping us with all our campuses. I say all that to say to you, as thrilled as I am with red check marks that regard money, as thrilled as I am with red check marks regarding buildings and sites, our greatest resource and our biggest answers to prayer for 26 years have always been people. Mm. People are your greatest. It doesn't matter where you meet. We were meeting in Turkey Foot Middle School. That is pretty gross. Back then, at least it was. We were singing with a microphone stuck in front of a cassette tape player. That's how old I am. Cassette tape for two years. And people still came because it's about people and it's God's spirit. Mm. And so this is a huge answer to prayer. Yes, after doing one site and heading into let's do another site, we had learned you need a builder you, need, you just need someone that, that knows how to rally people and build. And I will forevermore be grateful, Eric. It has been so many of the things that God has been pleased to do at Grace Fellowship. I just tucked them under Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, 
beyond all that we ask or think. I can't help but, but see Steve and Jane Barnett. They drove to my house in 1995 and interviewed us in South Carolina. Uh, I think it was Michael that was in a bassinet on the floor there. I just hoped that I could come here and not have to work at Red Lobster on the side. To, to, you know, because this was just... They said it was 100 people. When I got here and we dismissed the kids to their classes, it was 35 adults. <laughs> That's pretty frightening. My first Sunday, I thought, oh, wow. Wowie. I sold my house. I moved here. <laughs> Lord, please. I remember one Sunday as we were driving away. I know Vicki. She was largely, mostly encouraging. But on this particular Sunday, she said, honey, I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. And I'm just like, well, it must happen. It must. Oh, God of the heavens, it must happen. And now I just see time and time again, this guy was so the right guy. Mm. Ephesians 3.20, the right guy. Mm. But he did tell... Now, I have to be honest. In the back of my mind, I thought, he's going to fall in love with this gig, and he'll change his mind, and he'll stay longer. And that didn't happen, but that's okay. At least he was honest right up front that this is who he is and how he rolls. And so... It give, I say all that with a little bit of a history to say, you guys, we have a history of God being faithful. Regard, but we also have been a people that pray. So I don't want you to roll out of here and say, oh, God always does it. God is sovereign, but you heard two prayer messages from yours truly. He, he tells us to cry out, yeah. come to him and say, Dad, please, 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 would you bring the right person? Eric's confident that he's not leaving us in the lurch. Because Eric believes in the sovereignty of God mm-hmm. and that God is Jehovah Jireh who's able to provide, and we do too. Yeah. That's why we're willing to say, okay, here we go. Let's see what God... I mean, never mind what God's going to do for Grace Fellowship next to serve this campus. He doesn't even know what he's going to do next. That, <laughs> that's pretty scary, and he doesn't care. He, he just <laughs> believes that God... I'm like, what are you going to do next? Ah, it, it's not a problem. Yeah. Like, so real quick, for most that. people that's a problem. For most people's wives that's a yeah, problem. Yeah. So real quick, there has been an update with that. Okay. Good. Uh, so when I first approached, they were like, "What are you going to do?" I'm like, "I don't know. I really don't." Um, but you know, there has been some um, fruition to to some of those things. Basically, uh, to make a long story short, I'm going to start some businesses. Um, there's going to be a business uh, in kind of realty. There's going to be a business that my friend has been doing that I'm going to help try to scale. All right, I use that word very intentionally, scale 10, 20 times, um, and do it well. And then because they're both kind of startups, right, like I'm going to need a W-2 job or uh, help with another business. Like, so we, uh, my wife is a stay-at-home mom, and that's something that just with us, like I want to keep that for her because I know how much of a blessing it is. But I'm open uh, to a lot of things, but I do have some clarity with two businesses that I'm going to be That's doing. him saying, hire me. If you have, no. <laughs> I'm open to a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. But really, I, I just love starting things. And so I've always wanted to, to start some businesses. I've started nonprofits, ministries. And it's like, hey, let's, let's try it here. So if you're wondering, that's it. You go ahead. Yeah, the other thing I just want to share with you, and I'll try to be quick, is this. And I, hopefully I've been consistent with you all. Your worth is not defined in what you do. It's defined in who you are. Your worth is not defined in what you do. It's defined on who you are. Guys, the identity for me is in Christ. I'm not going to have this identity crisis of when I am stop being a, pastoring, a pastor. 
Because it's never been about being a pastor. It's never been about doing X, Y, and Z or, you know, fulfilling the American dream. It's about just falling in love with Jesus and who I am. I've said this before, but Paul uses in Christ over 160 times. The reason why he repeats it is because he wants us to know that your life is hidden in him. All right? The other thing that I think of often is there's a strategic reason of why I've been talking about fishers of men from the stage. Fishers of men, if you're new, has been my opportunity to share with you all of how to be effective, how to be fruitful in ministry, all right, to be used by God. Because I believe if you're used by God and you're dependent on him, your life will be changed forever, all right? And this isn't something that I just say because I'm a pastor. No, it's something I truly believe. Because strategically, when I was teaching you guys all that for that year and a half, I knew that I was going to be in your seat. I knew that. I knew I was going to go in the workplace. That I was going to rub shoulders with people that don't love Jesus, the people that may persecute me or people that may treat me unfairly. I knew that I was going to do that. And I've never wanted you guys to once think that Eric Northrup is, is a pastor and we're going to put him on his pedestal. No, I'm just a normal guy with the Holy Spirit trying to love Jesus more, trying to love his family, trying to do everything with excellence. But guys, my heart, my family's heart, we're going to hope to still come here, right? To still attend here at the Independence Campus, to still lead a community group. I'm just going to be in the workplace like you all. And so Colossians 3, 23 through 24, it's one of my favorite verses, all right? It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Mm. It's working for the Lord, not for men. It's the Lord Christ you are serving. Guys, whatever you do, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a woodworker, whether you're in sales, whether you're a car salesman, whether you're an accountant, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're a teacher, I don't care. The ministry is the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you. So where you go, God goes with you. And so whatever you do, and I'm speaking to you guys, I'm speaking to me, do it with excellence. Be the best at that. Give to your craft. Don't let it define you, but do it. Because you're serving not men, but you're serving the Lord. And when people see that, the excellence in your craft or the way you treat people, the character out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, the way you are outside of Sunday, they'll see Jesus. That's the aroma of Christ. That's the aroma of Christ. And so um, it was just very strategic of with that. But I'm going to be living that as well. And another passage that I thought about with this transition not to, not to say that Eric is an apostle as far as able to do healings, etc. But I think when he gives you those categories, apostles, prophets, teachers, shepherds. I'm a pastor, shepherd, teacher. He would fit the category of apostle. If you, if you read the New Testament, you'll see that apostles went to start new work. And Paul actually was very much like Eric. He said, I don't even want to go where other people have been. Yes. He said, I do not want to build on anyone else's work. Where can I go and do a new work? Where can I start something new? So this heart has always been a part of God's kingdom. God has always, as much as I can't relate to it all. God <laughs> makes us so different, right? But I want you to know... I believe this man who is an apostle, builder, starter, 
If he thought God was telling him to stay, he would stay. Because here's what I want you to know. Brad Bigney is so not. I would still be in South Carolina. So I am pastor, shepherd. Just do the next thing. Put your head down. I don't like new. I don't like new at all. I wish my same church could last forever. I, I, I wish nothing in this world would change. That's how much I'm like that. And yet God tapped me. I was terrified and said, I want you to go plant a church. I was like, no, no, no. I have 600 people that love us. We have a house we like. All my babies were born here. My, my wife has friends. So God can do whatever he wants with any of his people. I believe he would stay if he thought God was telling him to. I uprooted and came here and did a new work. And now, unless he tells me again, you will have me forever. I'm not, I'm not going to start it. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, would you? Oh, no, I don't want to start over. No, no, I, I know the flock. We, we've set a culture. We've raised up people. But it, God would have to, like, Book of Daniel, many, many, tickle, tickle, right on the wall of my den during my quiet time. It would have to say, you must leave and start a new work. But... But here's what you see in the scriptures. Go to 1 Corinthians 3 if you have your Bible. 1 Corinthians 3. You're, you're really getting to see a modern day adva- uh, uh, example of something that was already talked about in the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 3 beginning in verse 4. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? Look at me. Hmm. He has done this so well, and he has given you his heart. It's not surprising you've fallen in love with him. But listen to me. You're not following Eric Northrup. Mm. There was a danger. This passage is saying it shouldn't be after he's gone. Oh, I was Eric Northrup. And without Eric, I don't want to be a part of this. I hope not. Mm. Just like the day God tells me I'm done or I die at Three Rivers. I hope the church doesn't have people that leave because, oh, we, we, we liked Brad. It's the church. And mm. it's Jesus. God uses people. I hope he's used me. I know he's used Eric. But they were guilty of saying, oh, I I like Apollos. And I like, he says, verse 5, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered. Oh, I love this phrase. But God gave the growth. God did something here. This is healthy. This is, this is beyond what we would have hoped for in this many years. This many people attending, going to two services. And like Eric said, elders can pray and plan and brainstorm with a man like Eric, but we can't predict a pandemic. And despite the pandemic, look what God has done. But God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers. Mm. We're just his under-shepherds that get to serve in his vineyard, in his kingdom. Yeah. And so with that being said, guys, we wanted to just bring you guys up to speed of what we have done, uh, what I have done, what the elders have done, um, so that you all are up to date, okay? Um, and so, Brad, why don't, why don't you go first of what have the elders yeah. have done? So here's what's already happened. I don't remember what, what, what the date was that night. You were, was that October? December. December. Oh, December. Yeah. So, of course, you know, we were like, hmm. And uh, as a leader, of course, I said, let's get with Eric one-on-one and let's make sure we heard what we think we heard and say, all right, is this really what you mean? He said, yeah, it really is. 
So since then, we've obviously prayed. We've obviously gotten clarity with Eric. And I hope you know, we're going to do everything we can. I joked a minute ago, he doesn't know what he's going to do. Quote, we're going to take care of them. Yeah. We are going to take care of them. So then when we learned that Kristen was pregnant, we're doing everything that we can to make sure that they have insurance. So trust us, this church has never been skimpy or, or done anyone wrong. We're going to take care of them. P.S. I found out about uh, the pregnancy after I told the elders. And I'm like, God, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Living by faith. And you know what? I hope you know, seriously, if he had come back and said, this changes everything. We would have said, okay, right? We wouldn't have said, oh, no, no, no. You let the cat out of the bag. I don't care if you have insurance for your next baby. You're gone. No. But he still wanted to follow this path. We're going to take care of them. So we've spent time with Eric to make sure we understand what he's saying and to make sure how can we care for them in this transition. Then, he kind of already said it, often by God's grace, we've been doing it for a while. Church family's pretty large. We think there are people sometimes in the church family like, wow, I think that person could do this next. There may be someone in our church family, but we didn't just readily, immediately think, bam. Hmm. So we have partnered with Vanderblumen. This is a a search agency that's that's specific to churches and staff, and they are excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And Eric's been a part of that process, too, to know, know his heart. We've spent time with this company and this team. They've come here and met with all of us so that they'll know... Who are you? Who's your church? Who is, it, who is it that you're looking for? So we're using them, but if there are people in our church that are interested, we'll just still point them to them. It doesn't matter if you're in our church or outside of your church, you're going to go through this Vanderblumen process as we have this search yeah. for the next person. And I want to say this real quick. Guys, it's not cheap. It's not. Uh, but the elders, the leadership here at Grace Fellowship, this is uh, highest importance this year of finding that right guy. And yes, we're praying, but also we're, we're putting our, our money where our mouth is, yeah. all right? We're actually, you know, getting the best, you know, consulting agency of the search because we value this campus this much. So yeah. thank you guys for putting in the we best. We saw this as well. a critical position and not one to just quickly just say, oh, I think so-and-so maybe could do that. Yeah. Uh, this is important. So yes, it's, it's not free. We're spending quite a bit of money to get the help. And then... The wheels are already rolling, but we so wanted Eric to be able to share his heart and actually determined I should be here also. We were waiting for the Sunday that I wasn't preaching that I could be here with you. Mm -hmm. So we've done some things behind the scenes and been waiting for this Sunday. So we've already made a video that involves me and, and other aspects of who our church is, a really good video that will be released tomorrow that will go national, that kind of tells anyone who's interested who we are and what we're looking for. But we've been waiting because we wanted you. We thought this campus is the most important. We're coming to you first. Uh, He's talked to staff and people like, but you're the first part of our church. Now we'll begin to let Fort Thomas and Florence know. But that video will go out tomorrow. And we've had Vanderblumen kind of on hold saying, just wait until February 20 because we want to talk to Eric's church family first. But now the wheels will begin to turn. And Eric's, you know Eric, he's no lame duck. He's going to keep doing 
right to the right yeah. until his last day is done, he's going to pe- keep being an excellent campus pastor. Totally. So this is what I have done, just to let you guys know. So I told the elders in December, in February, uh, when it was told of like, mm-hmm. hey, this is when they want to do the video. Um, I February fifth, it was. I had our core team, the people that we started. I met with them. I processed. We cried. Uh, we talked through all the details, and so that was very important to me. Of these are our people. Like, I want them to know uh, because they linked arms uh, with me. From there, we've, I told all the full-time staff here at Independence. I told the part-time staff. And then last week, we actually told uh, our church staff. Because, again, uh, I want to be able to share the news myself, not someone else hear about it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we wanted to have the whole service, not just an announcement, to share with you all and to bring you up to speed versus you finding it on like a national website and things like that. As far as my job, my job will continue. Um, it really will. It would continue of everything um, that I've been doing. Um, I had two people over this weekend give me a call and, and literally say, I'm sorry to bother you. I know it's your day off, um, but I just have this situation I need to talk to you. And I'm like, please call me. Right? This is my heart's desire to lay down my life for the flock. So I got to work through things. And, and I want you guys to know that I'm available. If you want to process, if you want to talk with me, I'm here. All right? I'll take you out to lunch. I'll get you coffee. Uh, I would love to be able to process and, and talk with you if you are struggling um, and things like that. The other thing I want to just make you guys aware, strategically, I've already planned up to summer. All right? In the fall, I have nothing planned out of respect for the new leader, and so that he's not trying to build or, you know, take ministries that I'm doing. I want it to be his vision, just like the Lord gave me kind of the vision for this campus of starting it. And so we're going to have a good Friday service, all right? It's going to be epic. It's going to be awesome. I encourage you to come that. I'm still going to be preaching on Easter. Um, we'll do the women's uh, retreat. Uh, from there in summer, I'm just going to have campus hangouts like we did last year. Um, and so I thought that was very healthy, very laid back, once a month, get our people together. Hopefully the campus pastor will be hired. I don't know, but hopefully the campus pastor will be hired and he could come and, and meet you all guys, meet you all. But then fall, I'm just kind of leaving it open. So July is when the babies do, and I'm going to be focused on that. So that's kind of all the stuff that I have done. And so guys, we just really wanted to bring you up to speed. This was very, very important. My heart and my eyes have been extremely heavy this whole week. Because your family, and I haven't even told my kids yet, because I know they're not going to be able to keep it in. But that's going to be a hard thing. So please be praying for that. I got a five, uh, almost a six-year-old and a, a four-year-old. But you guys are family too, and I love you all. Okay, and I just, I wanted you to hear from me, your shepherd. And we're so thankful to have Pastor Brad Bigney. I also, the people that are in this process are the elders uh, here at the Independence Campus, and that is Zach Ashley and Ryan Petrie. And I would like to invite them up to kind of close our time in prayer, and then we're going to sing. But just let's have some time in prayer, right? And praying for what God is doing, praying for the health of, of our campus, but also for the next person. So would you guys lead us? Our Good and loving God and Father, you have been pleased to do such amazing things here uh, with our church and with our campus, and we're thankful for Eric. One of those things is that you knew who we needed here. You knew Eric with his boundless energy and his boundless love for people. 
and for your church, for you, uh, that the gifting that you've given him is exactly what we needed. Uh, you ordained it, you used it, um, and you continue to do so, and that's not changing. You don't change. Hmm. Uh, sometimes it seems like, you know, this is a transition and it is a change, but you don't. You continue to do what you always do from before time began. Uh, you love, you pursue, you reach out, and you've done that here. Uh, so we trust you for the next one that's coming. As, as Brad read from your word, uh, one plants, one waters, and you bring the increase. Yes, uh, you've used Eric to plant and to water and to increase through his efforts. So we trust that you will do that again. And Lord, as you live within each believer here, we pray that you will also help each one of us to express, to exercise, to boldly use the gifts you've given each one of us. Hmm. Uh, as one is an eye and one is a hand, one is an ear, and sometimes you can, you know, you can see somebody's face uh, like Eric. He's been out front. Uh, you've been using his voice that people hear. Uh, but there's ribs and toenails. and <laughs> We all have a part to play, Lord, and I I'm thankful that you use all those parts uh, to have a healthy and growing body. Yes, and, uh, so, Lord, again, we look forward to what you're going to do. We look forward to what you're doing. We're just in the middle of the story that you've already written, mm -hmm. and we praise you for it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen.